Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Freedom Through Faith. Prepare to be blessed as pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau leads us into the anointed study of the Word of God, teaching and empowering you how to impact your world with the gospel of Jesus Christ, teaching you how to receive the blessings and provisions of God and how to walk through this life with Freedom Through Faith. And now, here's Pastor Robert Thibodeau. We now rejoin today's message already in progress. Folks, I remember the day when stores were closed on Sunday. Convenience stores closed on Sunday. Gas stations closed on Sunday. Grocery stores would not open till 12 noon. Retail stores were closed. Malls would not open till 12 noon. I remember those days. No liquor, no alcohol of any sort was sold on a Sunday. And then, starting in the probably mid-70s, suddenly things began to change. By the late 70s, early 80s, most of the counties that had the blue laws where you could not sell liquor on Sundays had amended it to you couldn't sell it till after 12. And now it's hard, you're hard-pressed to find any counties that still abolish the sale of alcohol. Oh, I'm sure there's a few here and there. But if you drive into those counties as you cross over the county border... There's a county that does, and there's usually two liquor stores, one on each side of the road. So the people living in that county, you know, they don't have to drive far. They just go to the county border, and there you go. Get all the liquor you want, take it back home for your Sunday barbecue. Because you didn't go to church after all. Folks, the United States of America, we haven't just backslidden. We've gotten on the toboggan ride and are headed down the backside of the hill. Accelerating. When you first get on the toboggan, it's possible to stick your feet out and stop the slide. Once you start gaining speed going down that hill, you stick your foot out and try and stop that sled, you probably break your leg, which will immediately twist the toboggan and flip you out And you're still going to go down to the end, but now it's in an uncontrolled fall. That's where we are at right now. I want to show you the first point I want to make is how America has denied 
the Lord. You know, the Lord has slowly been expelled from every public venue you could think of. It started in the public schools in the late 50s and then upheld by the Supreme Court in the early 1960s. I can remember having the Ten Commandments above the blackboard in my kindergarten and first grade, second grade schools. And suddenly they were gone. And this same command, legal precedent to remove the Ten Commandments and any reference to God has now spread to public places throughout this nation. Courthouses, an attempt to remove in God we trust from the coins we carry in our pocket. The abolition of saying the Pledge of Allegiance in schools. And on and on to the point today where we are fighting battles about what we could even say from the pulpit in church. It is no longer just about the separation of church and state, but rather it's grown to the point of the separation of America from the God who founded us and has so blessed this nation. We hear all the time about a high school team, usually in the Bible Belt. I can think of one instance in Texas where the football team and the cheerleaders came together under fire. The players and cheerleaders were all in agreement. They all wanted the team to enter the field bursting through a large paper banner with an inspirational Bible verse on it. It wasn't school sanctioned. No one involved had any problem with it. Oh, one organization did have a problem with it. The ACLU. The American Communist, I mean, the uh, American Civil Liberties Union. You could call them the Anti-Christian Liberal Union. The ACLU has been used by the devil as a tool for many, many years. Tearing apart the God-woven fabric of this society. That's just one example with the football team and the cheerleaders, but I could go on and on. You can probably think of several examples and prove all of them beyond any shadow of a doubt that America has denied the Lord. Second, America has defied the law. The Supreme Court of the United States says that it is against the law to display the Ten Commandments in a public place even though their building displays them for all to see. They were going to try and take them off, but it was met with a, a huge backlash. They decided to let their Ten Commandments stay on their building. They reason, though, and this is taken straight from the Supreme Court decision on this, that if you display the Ten Commandments, people might... Read them. And if they read them, then they begin to ponder their meaning. And if so, then they might decide to obey them. And that would be a violation of the separation of church and state. Really? If we display a moral code, somebody just might read that moral code and decide to act upon it, acting morally? And that's something we just cannot allow anymore in this nation. People acting morally. 
In this day and time into which we have, in the term of our president, evolved, we definitely do not want anyone to act morally anymore. Any attempt at acting according to a moral standard is met immediately with objection. How dare you force your beliefs on us? We are doing right now what Israel did in the book of Judges. It is now the official position of our government that the Ten Commandments are dangerous to society. We wouldn't want kids in school to see thou shalt not kill because what if they obeyed it? For the ladies that are listening in, especially in the United States, I have a question for you. On a dark night, you're driving through town and your car breaks down. And it just happens to be the worst part of town. You just had to drive through it, but maybe you had a flat tire or whatever. And you're in the worst part of town and you had to walk after dark to find help. And while you're walking, a group of four men leave a house and happen to fall in behind you. And they're walking behind you, talking amongst themselves and laughing. How do you feel? The worst part of town, nobody else out on the street, and now you're being followed by four men. How do you feel? As you listen to what they're saying, though, you notice they're talking about God. And you realize they just left a Bible study. You turn around and take a glance at them and you see they're all carrying Bibles. How do you feel now? You might even approach them now and ask for their help. Or just a few minutes ago, you were petrified of them and what they could do. That's the society we live in now. The new direction our once Christian nation is now going is just be plain foolish. It's contrary to any, to the most basic common sense. Our government has led us astray. We don't force our beliefs on anyone, but we have allowed the world to continue to chip away at the very core of our morality. We allow a small percentage of the population to dictate what the majority must do. Here's an example. Recently, at the time of this recording, is the Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner transformation, transgender issues have taken all the public course. And he's being praised for changing society's views on these things. That He's courageous. But if you look at the statistics... Oh, here, here's another one for you as well. That laws are being passed throughout this land in many, many states and jurisdictions 
that boys are now allowed in girls' bathrooms, girls' shower rooms, girls' locker rooms, if, when questioned, they say they identify themselves as a girl in a boy's body. Now, what 12, 13-year-old boy wouldn't jump at a chance like that? How would you how do you feel about your daughters going to school feeling petrified of even going into the bathroom because there might be a boy in there watching them? Oh brother Bob, that's you know, they got standards in place to make sure these boys have, are really like that. Oh, is that right? What law have you read? You see, something, the, the statistics I've seen, something along the lines of one-tenth of one percent of the population of the United States of America is what is being called transgender. The number of homosexuals, practicing homosexuals in this nation, is only like five percent. One-tenth of one percent of that is considered transgender. But yet laws are being passed, as I said, in almost every state, that are making the other 99.9% of the people accommodate these misguided and mentally disturbed people. It was just a few years ago. Their condition was considered a form of mental illness in the psychology manual. Now, with the pro-liberal coalition that's running this nation... They've decided it is really the rest of us who are mentally disturbed. And the LBGT are the normal ones. They've promoted the teaching of these practices in public schools. And they're working on having even a broadcast like this made illegal. Uh, Last year, the mayor of Houston, who is a practicing lesbian, made it a state, or I'm sorry, made it a city law. She passed, she ordered every church in the state of, in the city of Houston, Texas, to submit copies of their sermons to her office, that they may be reviewed and see if any pastors were preaching against the gay and homosexual and transgender lifestyle. Didn't matter if it was according to the Bible or not. She was going to come against them for preaching against her lifestyle. Well, she got more than she bargained for as pastors from around the United States and even some foreign countries sent to her office Bibles and sermons. She got flooded where she had to come out and say maybe that edict that she had uh, made was not correct. Didn't say she changed her mind. It's just that she was going about it the wrong way. You can see, just like Israel... We have denied the Lord. We've defied the law as given to us by God. 
And that brings us to the third point, how America has defiled the land that God has given to us. We've done this in many ways, but perhaps the number one way is found in the spilled blood of aborted babies. God took away his glory from his people Israel when they did such things in their day and time. And I believe he's in the process of removing himself from the good old U.S. of A. right now. Since the Supreme Court of the United States upheld Roe v. Wade in 1973, somewhere along the lines of 60 million babies have been sacrificed and their bodies burned as waste. The Bible calls this passing through the fire or offering them to the god Molech which was the fire god in their day. It was a way the people would offer babies so they would not have to take care of them. And what they were trying to do is get the fire god to bless their way of life. In other words, having illicit sex. Does that sound familiar? Now, I know I'm generalizing here, and I know there are some that believe we need abortion in the cases of rape or incest, but hear me out on this. If women did not do what it takes to make a baby with a man, then there would be no need for abortions. Now, I don't want to leave the men out of this equation either. If the men did not do what it takes to make a baby out of wedlock with a woman, unless they were ready to have a family and get married, the woman would not be pressured into making the decision to have an abortion. They want the best of both worlds. They want to have sex outside of marriage premarital sex or whatever, and if a baby happens to be conceived, then the pressure's on, well, we're not ready for babies yet. We're not ready to to get married and settle down. I don't want to make a commitment on that, and I definitely don't want to take care of a baby for the next 18 years that might impede my career or my lifestyle or me having fun. So they decide to have an abortion. The case for abortion and the cases of rape or incest cannot hold water to the word of God itself. If we believe God knows all things and is in control of life itself, then even in the case of rape or incest where a life is created, God can still use that life that he created, that spark of life, to his end. Just one example Take a look at James Robison of Fort Worth, Texas. He has publicly said his mother was raped and he was the result of that rape. His mother had contemplated having an abortion but had decided that that was the wrong thing to do since she was a Christian and she had him born into the earth. And now he is one hundreds of thousands, if not a million people to the Lord and is doing great works throughout this earth for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. But if his mother had followed through on that abortion, what would have happened? She would have gone against the plan of God. I'm not saying God planned her rape. No. God doesn't tell people to rape innocent women. But God will take what the devil meant for harm and turn it to his good 
And this is just one example of where he did that. The abortion epidemic has killed 60 million babies, it's been estimated. With almost 50 million that would be old enough to be in the working force right now. Paying taxes, including Social Security. Some of those would be retired now. But since 1973, the majority would be in the workforce. You see, Social Security was set up in the 1930s based upon having a set population growth that would be paying into the retirement system at a greater rate than what would be paid out. But we, as a society, have now reversed that trend. Now, I know our illustrious government has also bled the Social Security system dry, usually to pass further liberal tax and spend provisions without the appearance of raising taxes. Oh, we'll just borrow from the Social Security Trust Fund. But yet, they've never repaid anything back into it. And all they're doing is draining this trust fund, where now it's estimated that by the year 2020 or 2023 or 2025, somewhere in that area, there'll be no more money in the Social Security Trust Fund. And it'll be almost impossible to keep funding it at that point in time. And some people will say, well, if we had those additional 50 million people in the workforce and we're facing massive unemployment rates right now, it would be even worse. Well, first, let me address the unemployment rate. The administration in this government claims it's like 7.4% or something like that. But that's just people actively looking for work. There's an untold millions of people that have given up looking for work. Others that have just decided it's not even worth going to look for work and just rely on the government for handouts. If you add them into the equation, our actual unemployment rate in this nation is about 23%. Almost one out of every four Americans are out of work. But yet, the increase in welfare and subsidies and government handouts has quadrupled just in the past eight years of the Obama administration. True success. I say not. But what about those 50 million people who would be added to the workplace? Wouldn't that make the unemployment rate even higher? Well, it depends. How many of those 50 million would have been trained as doctors to help heal the sick? How many of them would have been inventors of things that we can't even dream of now because they never had the opportunity to dream and invent these things. We'll never know. Some of these people could have created companies that employed millions of people. We'll never know. Because the men and women of this nation, with the help of the liberal agenda, have bowed their knees, just as Israel did to the god Molech, and passed their children through the fire, just to keep their sexual lifestyles active. And have a good time. Despite what the Bible has taught us. Folks, we need a national revival. We need a moral and spiritual awakening in this nation. I don't know what it's going to take. 
If 9-11 wasn't enough, what will be enough? 9-11, we've talked about before, was God withdrawing his hedge of protection just for a moment of time, just as a warning to America. At first, America repented of their sins and, and everyone came together and were, was praying. But it didn't last six months. The book of Judges, as we've been studying, is the record of God raising up 13 men over the course of the book to deliver Israel from backsliding in order to bring about their national revival. What we're studying today is best understood with an illustration of a family fortune. When a family becomes rich, there are three stages which seems to always occur. And you can study any rich family, the Rockefellers or, or whoever. The first generation is the one that generates the fortune. The second generation inherits it and speculates about their fortune and takes it for granted. And through a series of compromises and foolish, foolish decisions starts to eliminate the fortune. The third generation inherits what's left and then dissipates the fortune. And it's gone. And it's gone forever. That is exactly how it works with a nation. There's a generation that generates the freedom, purchases the freedom with their own blood, work, toil. Then a generation that speculates it away. And finally, a generation that dissipates it until it's completely gone and freedom is no more. And if you don't believe this, you need to study those nations that have forgotten God in history. It goes generation, speculation, and dissipation. That's what we're going to look at right now. First one is generation. What do we know about the generation of Israel that entered into the promised land? Under General Joshua, after Moses died, Israel was given by God victory after victory after victory. Walls came tumbling down. Kings were subdued. They won victories that they could never have apart from the power of God. That's just how it was with America. Go back to the Revolutionary War. Our first war. Britain, the powerhouse in the world at that time. Britain had more men, more money. They had better equipment. We were a ragtag bunch. Barely organized in the means of trading between the different states, which the states were considered independent territories at that time. It was truly a David and Goliath scenario. But, God was on our side, and we won. Hallelujah. Patrick Henry gave the speech which sparked the Revolutionary War. He gave it in 1775. He said, Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains or slavery? Forbid it, Almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. When he said that, it was game on in America. We won that war. 
and George Washington became our first president. We studied before about how he dedicated and consecrated America to God himself. You have just heard a message of encouragement from anointed pastor and teacher Robert Thibodeau with Freedom Through Faith Ministries in Baltimore, Maryland. For more information on the Freedom Through Faith Ministries or to invite Pastor Thibodeau to your church, please visit our website, www.ftfm.org. That's FTFM for Freedom Through Faith Ministries. Again, that's ftfm.org. Until next time when we gather together around the word of god be blessed and remember we serve an awesome god it is ryan here and i have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.